Lucrae right now, you locked in with Generation Motivation, my man Jay Money. I tried to warn them, told them it was coming, but they ain't ready for it. They ain't ready for it. They ain't ready for it. They tried to knock it, but they couldn't stop it, because they ain't ready for it. They ain't ready for it. They ain't ready What's happening, good people? Hey, it's your boy, Jay Money, a.k.a. Jay Snipes, a.k.a. the podcast of the people, and I'm back with another episode of generation motivation the podcast um hey you know what i i have a very special guest today and i always I always preference with uh special but you know because everyone i interview i you know i feel like they are special because they've taken the time to sit down and chat with me and um and holler at me and, and try to educate and enlighten and uh but but i definitely can't <clears throat> i can't stress how special this one is because this is this is my my brother from another mother this is um this is some someone that i go way way back with i mean we talking about you know blood brothers all the way back to uh 11th grade and um and we've always stayed close you know ever since so um I'm a, i want to welcome my brother uh jerome fletcher to the show Jay Snipes, <laughs> Jay, Jay Money Snipes. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here, brother. Hey, you know it's it's funny because you know it's it's a little awkward with me interviewing, uh, you know Jerome because we talk so frequently. So it's it's different when you know we're actually doing like a formal interview. So you got to forgive us. It it uh it, you know it's a little bit different. But um, the reason I I wanted to have uh, Jerome on the, the the show, and I call him Rome. The reason I want to have Rome on the show, though, was because, um, you know, he he recently got promoted uh, to a, a new position, and he's actually the city manager of Northport, Florida. Which, um, I mean, that's that's a is very special for the simple fact that I know this brother's journey, and I know his heart, and I know his path, and I know um, what it took for him to get to this uh, this position and this place, and you know, in life. So. It's uh, it's definitely something that I wanted to bring to the forefront, and I, I feel like his his story is very inspiring. So, hey, welcome to the show, though, Rome. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it, and uh, you know, thanks for the congratulations. It has been a, it has been a twenty plus year journey in public administration that uh, has led me to Northport. I'm very happy to be there and be in a role that can help influence and shape lives, and hopefully you know, give people a better understanding of what we do as local public servants and, you know, just decrease other people's learning curves. You know, I think that's important as we, we give back and we lead people and that's make sure that we make a path that's easier for them than it was for us. And Lord knows we all had help to get where we are now. So we'd be doing ourselves a disservice if we didn't give back. And, and thanks again for having me on your show also. Yeah. Uh, we, we, you call me Jerome more times than that first minute you called me in the last thirty years. I know, man. Like I said, you know, I gotta. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Uh, right. I'm trying to be somewhat, uh, you know, semi-professional. But you know, hey, this is this is my homie, man. And we. I'm talking about going all the way back to, uh, you know, McDonald's. That's where we first met yes. McDonald's. You know, fifteen and a half. We talking about Fayetteville, right. North Carolina. Yes. <laughs> Roommates in college, roommates out of college. Right, exactly. Hey, Aggie Pride, North Carolina. 
Right. Just uh, right. Just uh, you know, you know, they say you can't pick your family, but I'm glad that I did pick you as my family, and it's uh, it's been a blessing for the last thirty years, and I'm grateful. My man, I appreciate you for that, man. It's been a blessing to me and to my family as well, man. And and um, you know, I'm gen- genuinely happy, you know, for all your success, man. And um, you know, it's uh, it's 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 awesome to see. You know that you're you you know you're you're trailblazing right now, and um, I know all the aspirations that you have uh, in terms of you know being able to lead the city of Northport, man. So just just hey, tell the people a little bit about your journey, man. Like how, like once again, at Aggie Pride, we went to North Carolina A&T State University HBCU, right. you know. Um, but so what what triggered you? to i guess set sail on this particular path like like i don't know if you want to go back to childhood if you want to go to college however you want to start start your journey i'll, I'll save the childhood stories for when i'm doing a public speech or something <laughs> i'm not gonna, i'm not gonna give everybody uh, a history there but i will just say i come from very humble beginnings and you know uh we didn't have much and i was raised by a single mother and i'm grateful and glad you know i tell her everything Everything, everything bad I get from her, and everything good I get from her. So you know, I'm I'm grateful for everything that she gave me, and we always have a good laugh about that. But you know, coming from Fayetteville, North Carolina, and you know, being the first in my family to go to college, and you know, having two siblings, neither of which graduated high school, and here I am going to college, and you know, I was very different in that in, in that that um that manner, you know, they just didn't grasp the concept of, you know, working hard and getting educated and making life easier uh, as opposed to harder for the long term. And I think that I did. And, you know, we just chose different paths. But, you know, going from North Carolina State University where, you know, I got my degree in accounting, you know, I just realized accounting was just too, it was too boring to just sit there and count numbers, you know, all day, every day. So when I got out of college, I I went into public administration fairly soon, but it was a Greensboro Coliseum complex, you know, being the business manager there and growing in that role, you know, I was able to see a lot of different entertainment and sports and, you know, it kept me excited. And, and ultimately at the age of 35, my supervisor there told me that, you know, I had hit the ceiling and, you know, I was not going to go any more, grow any more than what I was doing, which was the being the business manager. So, so I was lucky enough to have a mentor, uh, Rashad Young, and not only a mentor, I'm going to say he was a sponsor who helped me, you know, move and transition on from the Coliseum down to City Hall. And City Hall, I worked in the finance department as the assistant to the finance director. Then I moved over to the city manager's office as an assistant to the city manager. And then Rashad was able to allow me, allow to sponsor me in going to Alexander, Virginia. People were like, well, what do you mean sponsor you? You know, a mentor is someone there who gives you advice and guidance when they care about you and have your best interest at heart, and they're going to give it to you. They're going to give it to you straight and make sure that you know they don't sugarcoat it for you and prepare you for the real world. What he did as a sponsor was to give me a job in his office underneath him and allow me to learn public administration and city management under his umbrella while being there to guide me through the growth and the learning curves of that job. Now, that is something that we, as people of color, do not do as often enough, which is hinging his success on my efforts. And I will forever be grateful for that. You know, going to Alexandria, 
you know, not only did he do that, but he also said, you need to go get a master's degree. And Jay, you may remember, you should remember that when I got out of undergrad, I said, I'm not going back to school anymore. <laughs> I have a desire to go back to school anymore, but right. you're Right. When you're up in the D.C. area, it's like everybody has a master's degree. Like they were giving them out on the corner one day. And right. I was like, well, how did I miss this? So uh, not only was he able to convince me to do it, but the city actually paid for it as well. And, you know, it was just a great experience. And from there, you know, I was recruited to go work for the GSA under the Obama administration, which was phenomenal, being able to serve as a public servant for the first um, president of color was something I will always be grateful for and to be associated with him and the things that he did for this country and the impact he left on this world is phenomenal. Uh, from then I went to work for our nation's capital being in the district of Columbia. You know, it's not a state or a city or a county. It's got all of those functions sort of mixed in with it. And, you know, it was a very unique learning experience. And again, just more, more growth for me. And then finally, I left there and went to be an assistant chief administrative officer for Montgomery County, which is about a million people as a suburb of the District of Columbia. And that's where I, that's where I continue to grow in economic development, workforce development, and affordable housing. And if it wasn't for those roles right there, I wouldn't have landed in Northport, Florida, um, as their city manager, now responsible for you know, over 800 employees, $180 million budget, and just looking to grow the city through economic development and um, hopefully increase the diverse population there, as well as opportunities for jobs and affordable housing and, you know, put structures and place and processes improvement so that we can make sure that we create a workforce that's happy and people are excited about working and coming in and just doing great public service because public service is nothing but um, providing the the duties and the roles that everyone deserves and making sure we perform them at a, ex a level of excellence and a high level at all times. Gotcha. You. you know what? And, um, and actually I was going to ask on a high level, what are your, you know, duties as a city manager? But I think you just kind of, you know, covered them. Um, yeah, absolutely. And the thing is Jay, that people, if someone would have told me or if there was a course I could have taken in undergrad, you know, this is what public service is and what they do and the, the, the various topics, whether it's transportation, um, human resources, budget, I mean, finance, it all sort of falls into city management. I would have probably been excited about it, but, you know, I didn't learn about it until later. So, you know, I hope that people listen to this and take a look at public administration as a pathway to be a strong leader in your community and in, you know, the country. You know what? So uh, I want to dissect a few of those points that you brought up first and foremost. Um, you know, I like the fact that you said that Rashad was a sponsor, which is very important because, you know, a lot of times, man, you know, it's all about, like they say, that, like maybe the company that you keep. So mm -hmm. the fact that he took you under his wing and like you mm -hmm. said, not just took you under his wing in terms of, you know, I'm going to put in a recommendation or, right. you know, a, a, a mm -hmm. good word, but actually put took you under his wing and gave you a position and allowed you to shadow him. Yeah. The fact that, you know, that he was able to risk like you said, his success on your success. I mean, that's, right. I mean, that's awesome, man. And, and, you know, I think that's, um, that's definitely a testament to, 
you know, someone that's that's looking out and, and making sure that they're trying to, you know, help the community by giving back, man, because he didn't he didn't have to do that, man. He could have he was already successful in his own right. So yes. the fact that he was able to uh, to help bring you along and, and, and guide you and now he can look back and see, you know, the success that you're having. And a lot of it is, you know, directly and indirectly related to him. So I think that's awesome, man. That's definitely awesome. Man. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and I, that is that is so rare for someone to do that from what I have seen because everyone's worried about their own feet or, you know, what, you know where they're going to be or what they're going to do. And for, you know, I say that, you know, there, there are two people in my life that have always seen more potential or in myself than I have seen. And he is one and my wife is the other one. Because my wife, Drew will tell you, he didn't come out of a box like this. You know, this is years of hard work and, you know, effort on her part and other parts to make me, you know, who I am, to be this, you know, well-rounded individual that now I'm ready to give back to someone the same way someone put into me. Because my journey with Rashad was 10 years in the making. It took, it was 10 years from the time, you know, he put his hands on me to the time that I'm sitting in in this role right now. And a lot of that was, you know, being in the D.C. area. There's a lot of professional growth opportunities up there, and that's why we went there. But ultimately, the quality of life, which is what we all work for, to make sure that the wife and the kids have what they need is better in an area that is not as fast-paced, where my commute is not as long, and I can still be able to sit in a role and lead and influence people. Right. Now, I'm not going to take any credit for your success. Um <laughs> You know, I, you know I'll, I'll, I'll let Drew have it and I'll let Rashad have it. I'm not going to take any, you know, the fact that I was showing you how to, you know, how to put the quarter pounders together the right way at McDonald's and stuff like that. But I mean, you know, I'll uh, I'll digress. It's all about you. I want to make sure the spotlight is on you at this time. I'll make sure someone plays you as a significant role in the life of my movie. <laughs> as a movie, when that comes out, I'll, you will not be forgotten. Uh, hey, well, look, make sure it's on Netflix and not Lifetime. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> right, straight to screen. Right, right. So, uh, <laughs> hey, let's get back on track. This is not a normal phone call. This is we're, this is an interview. Hey, right. so um, and then and then another key another key factor was was um, when you said that you know, uh, you hit your ceiling at 35, at least that was what you were told. Um, see, so was that really the, do you think that was a driving factor? That was a turning point in your life? The fact uh, Yeah, I, I would say so, because I've always been ambitious. You know, I just want to grow. And, you know, one of my, one of my, um, self-motivations is always to be better tomorrow than I was today. And people are like, well, in what? And I'm like, well, in everything. You know, I just want to be a little bit better. You know, incremental growth, I think, is what we all should strive for. If you try to do too much at one time, it just it just looks too it looks too uh, too tall of a task, and you're like, I'll never get there. But if you just do a little bit better each day, be a better father, be a better son, husband, golfer, boss, friend, you know, whatever it is that you know you are that you aspire to be great at, you know, just just be a little bit better each day. And for someone to tell me that. You're not going to do anything more than what you're doing right now. I'm like, wow, that I could, that couldn't really register with me. So I was like, okay. I was like, I'm out. And then when I when I said I was out and I and I moved on, then he came back with my my same new employers saying that well, we want him to stay for another six months. <laughs> we're not ready for him to go yet. I was like, wait a minute. You didn't want me to grow there. 
there, but now you don't want me to grow somewhere else. Right. And that's how you can tell when people don't have your best interest at heart, and those people want to see themselves be successful as opposed to you sort of grow and move on. So, you know, you just got to, you know, read people, and when people show you who they are, you better believe them, and, you know, don't let anyone control your fate but yourself. Right. And the good thing about it, and um, I guess I use the term, you know, good loosely, is the fact that because you went through that experience, now you know how to be a more effective and efficient leader in your role. Now you know how to treat, you know, employees and make sure that they, you know, they take full advantage and, and they have aspirations and you help them to be able to grow in their positions versus, you know, trying to, you know, stifle them. Because obviously you were doing a great job for someone to say, hey, we don't want to lose them right now. Right. You, you yeah, see what I'm saying? And, and, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's so true. And, you know, I did enjoy my time there. And I don't want to sound ungrateful for the opportunity I did get coming out of college. So, you know, I, I learned a lot and, you know, we did a lot. And, you know, but it was it was it was just time to move on. Right. You know, you got to just keep growing and keep going. And. Um, but you know, the biggest thing over the years that I've learned is that your emotional intelligence will always be more important than your IQ and your regular intelligence because college degree only means one thing. It just means you can be taught. So everyone can be taught a skill, you know, depending on what, whatever area you're in, but the emotional intelligence to know how to treat people, how to get along with groups of races that are not your own, how to recognize, um, the, the importance and the rights of women and how you should be an advocate for those who need you in underserved areas, you know, those are, those are intangible um, qualities that are hard to quantify on a resume, but they are built and ingrained in who you are as a human. And as you strive to find your purpose, and when you find your purpose in life, I mean, on this planet, not in your profession, you know, that will help shape you in your emotional intelligence and give you the empathy and skills that you need to be successful. Right. And you know what? And, and um, you know, that's something that I touch in, in you know, on in the book and not, not to plug, mm -hmm. you know, plug mm -hmm. the book I've written, but like with generations, uh, generation motivation, <clears throat> minutes of motivation, that's something that I definitely, um, you know, touch on is, you know, it's all about being able to, to find yourself, being able to, you know, become the best version of yourself. And, and like you said, it looks like a tall task if you try to do everything at one time. But the fact that you you're able to break it down into small segments and continue mm -hmm. to work on yourself every day, you know, every minute. You know, how can I be right. a better version of myself tomorrow than I am today? How can I be a better version of myself within the next you know, hour than I am right now? You mm -hmm. know, so you're always a work in progress. Um, <clears throat> so. That's exactly right. And thank you for mentioning your book, by the way, because I did enjoy the book. I'm very proud that you have written not one but two books. And, you know, that sort of um, hard work and payoff is inspiration to all of your friends and family. And, you know, we're very blessed to be in your presence for the things that you have done. And like I told you before I got this job at the city of Northport, that I was going to, you know, support the book and buy it for, you know, all the department heads and the city commission. And, Man. you know, I think that they should be able to get some value out of what you have provided, which is like a daily blueprint on how to keep self-improvement going and as a motivating factor in your daily life. Man, hey, I really appreciate that. I really appreciate it. Yeah, don't forget the discount, though. But, yeah, I'm, I got you.
<laughs> so, uh, hey, but like I said, I definitely, you know, appreciate you, man. Um, you know, you don't have to, uh, hey, man, you're making me blush over here, man. You know, we've, uh, we've definitely been through a lot of, um, a lot of different journeys and, and, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of you. And, you know, if, if I had to, if I had to guess what is one of your motivating factors in life, I would definitely say, you know, you being a, a father and being a family man um, and being able to, uh, you know, show your kids what hard work and determination and um, and just being focused, uh, you know, how how you're able to use all of those uh, qualities to to, uh, you know, succeed in life, man. And um, so touch a little bit on on what fatherhood means to you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I had children, you know, this was three years after, you know, me and Drew got, you know, married, you know, the the purpose of life was just as clear as it could be when it came to you being in the care and control of this little life that was totally dependent on you and you and your wife at the time in order to survive, in order to see what love is and to just instill that at such a such an early age was just was just a moment I'll never forget. And, you know, I just love being a father. And, you know, as someone who didn't have a father, I didn't shy away. Well, I mean, I had a father who, wasn't, who was an absentee father. But, you know, I didn't shy away from parents. It was something that I ran towards just knowing that I wanted to do it better than, you know, it was done for me. And uh, to me, one of the biggest, um, the biggest things about being a father that you need to do well is just to be present. You know, you don't have to be perfect. You just need to be present. You need right. to be there to make your mistakes and give advice. And sometimes your advice is going to work. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes they're going to listen. Sometimes, sometimes they're not. But, you know, it's our job and our role to be there. And, you know, the learning curves that we had as youth and we were hard headed and didn't listen. And, you know, they're going to not listen and everything. But, you know, if I can just teach them and cut their learning curve in half about, you know, what, what good credit is, what good grades will mean to you throughout the path of your your journey. And I always say that with good grades and good credit, you can have anything on this planet. Right. You know, but, but you have to know and understand what it means, and someone has to be there to put you through it, even when you think, okay, he just don't know what he's talking about. And, to, you know, to, to, to have the, the things that we have now, and, you know, not even the the physical things that we have, but the, the, the love and the trust that we have that we both know are, are the foundation of our families with our faith is just amazing. And I want my kids to have the same things and opportunities that I have. And, you know, we reward their good behavior and we correct their bad behavior. And, you know, I think that that's what's going to go a long way. And I think that we're going to raise some productive people who are going to be awesome and do some great things and some trailblazers, you know, in their own right. But it starts with us, you know, us as fathers, us as, um, you know, the mothers as well. We are both blessed to have two wonderful wives who have been the backbones of our entire adult lives, so right. to speak. And, you know, we we are we are doing it the right way. And I hope that we're setting an example. And I look forward to all the people who I'm helping now in my circle and all the people who will join my circle as my journey continues to just keep giving back and helping out as much as I can. Anyone who needs anything that I can provide, I'm happy to help. What do you think your greatest accomplishment is thus far? Um, 
my greatest accomplishment, uh, I'll say personally, of course, are my children and my family. We're 18 years in with Drew and very happy. And, you know, professionally, you know, it's got to be the, the job that I just received as city manager as something I was trying to achieve. But, you know, it doesn't stop there. You know, the, the thing that makes me proud and happy is when leaders create leaders. And I've been very blessed to see some of the people underneath my umbrella, you know, grow in their professions and in their lives. And, you know, it, it, it makes a difference. And I tell people, I'll always care more about you personally than I will professionally. You know, I want you to be happy and productive people on this planet, let alone productive in your work life. So, you know, I'm very proud when I see some of my, my, um, my staff do great things because they, they, they're special as well. Yeah. And that's awesome, man. No, so what advice would you have for, you know, someone, I'm going to say that maybe is kind of lost in their journey right now. You know, they, ha they have aspirations, but, you know, they don't know how to achieve those aspirations. They feel stuck. They feel stuck in their jobs. They feel stuck in their lives. What, uh, what advice would you give? Well, the, the first thing is, you know, I tell people is you have to decide you know, what do you want to be and where do you want to go? The person like myself or, you know, your mentor, your coach, your friend or whoever, or someone who cares about you unconditionally will be the one who can help you map out how to get there. But only you can decide what you want to be. You know, happiness and joy is an internal choice. And so you have to say, you know, well, I think I'll be happy doing this. And I don't mean happy when you get to doing that. You have to be happy along the journey. You know, if you're always waiting for the destination to be happy, you're probably going to be disappointed by the time you get there. Wow. If you Truth. find joy along the way, then that's what motivates you. And I believe that everyone should have something that they're looking forward to at any given point in time, whether it's a trip in three months, whether it's a Chick-fil-A on Friday. You, know, <laughs> right. you, should always, you should always be looking forward to something. You know, right. you know, you should be hanging your hat on. This is why I'm working hard because I'm looking forward to this, you know, and that's what keeps us going, what keeps us motivated. And, you know, you know, I play golf and sometimes it could be a hard Tuesday, but me thinking, man, I'm playing golf on Saturday. It just, it will, it will just put a pep in your step. It will just make you, just make you that much more positive about whatever it is that you're going through because you know that life is about ups and downs and you can't forget the uh, ups while you're going through the downs. Hey Amen. You know, you have to celebrate, you know, all your wins, whether they be big or small. You, like you say, you have to keep your eyes on the prize, man. And I think a lot of times, you know, when we get in these ruts and, you know, it's almost as if sometimes we, um, we, we overlook all of the blessings that we have, all the things that are going right, because one thing or one aspect of your life is, uh, is not going the way you anticipate. You know what I'm saying? So like you said, man, you, you have to. You have to be focused. You have to, we all have ups and downs, peaks and valleys, highs and lows. But um, the fact that, uh, that you're given another opportunity to continue through and push through, I think that's, uh, I think that's definitely important, man, for people to, to realize, you know? Right. So you, you remember like, you know, when you used to wish the things and then you become used to them and then they're no longer things that you appreciate anymore. Like, right. you know, when you didn't have a job, like, man, I want a job. Then you get a job and it's like, okay, I want this figure salary. Then you get that salary. Then you keep moving the goalposts. <laughs> right. And that, that's human nature, but just don't forget that there's always someone in a worse spot than you, always someone who would kill to be in your shoes and, 
you know, a bad day for you could be a great day for someone else. Great home and kids, day. Kids be like, how was your day? I'm like, look, no one died today on my job. That's, right. that's a great day. I mean, like, the the we as a society have lost the value of human life. And it's like, you know, there's nothing greater as a, as a, as a negative than losing life. So it's like, we got to just be happy for what we have and just realize it's never going to be perfect, but you know, you just got to just appreciate what you have and keep it moving. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, so as I wind down, I always ask two specific questions um, of everyone I interview. So the first question is what do you want your legacy to be? So my legacy has been, uh, as a public servant, is improving the quality of lives of everyone around me. And that's from a personal standpoint, knowing that I'll be there for my friends when they need me. And from a professional standpoint of, you know, improving the communities that I have had the, the, the fortunate blessing of being able to touch, whether it was, you know, we spent $3 billion on small business at the GSA. I'll always be proud of that. You know, in the local communities I've been in, you know, I've made, you know, improvements in their their um, their choices of entertainment, their choices of services. And, you know, that's always going to be there. So my legacy will always be as a public servant, improving the quality of life of everyone that I touch. Gotcha. All right. So the second question mm-hmm. is... How do you feel as though you're generating? I'm, I'm so, wow. How do you feel as though you're motivating your generation? How do you feel as though you're motivating your generation? So, so my generation, and you know, what I would call the the younger generation, which you know is lacking in patience. You know, they 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 want everything you know right now, and you know they have to understand that you know what I feel like I'm doing is showing them that you know there's a journey to get to where we are. And I, I would love for them to just, you know, get there quicker than I got there. And I want to show them that a, a person of color who came from nowhere, you know, can do great things if you believe in yourself and you have a good support system around you and you're able to push through some challenges. So, you know, I'm, I'm motivating people by being one of a few men of, you know, African-American color who are, you know, public administrators in uh, this country. And there's not a lot of us. And, you know, one, because, you know, people, you know, don't know the value of the role. And then two, people don't normally give them the opportunity for them to get there. You know, it takes, you know, a very long time. So, you know, I'm here to show them that, hey, you can do it if you want to do it. Um, It's exciting. It's fun. It's very rewarding and fulfilling to be a public servant. And I know people have a negative connotation of government, whether it's federal government for reasons and state government for different reasons. But, you know, local government is one that you can truly get in. You can thrive and grow and have a very fulfilling career for something that you're interested in. Hey, you know what? I want to, um, I definitely want to say, you know, first and foremost, hey, thank you. Thank you for choosing, you know, the role that you've, uh, that you've taken, uh, upon yourself, you know, because, you know, obviously being in a role such as a city manager is, um, I, I'm sure it's definitely a stressful role. I know you, you, you're just now, you know, getting your feet wet in that position, but, when you start talking about, you know, having employees, 800 employees and, you know, budgets into the millions, 
and things of that nature, man, it's, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, strenuous, man. So I, I appreciate you being able to, um, you know, shoulder that burden. And like you said, letting those behind you, those, you know, that are walking with you now, um, letting them know that, you know, anything is possible, man. It does. It's not all about, you know, where you started. It's, it's all about, you know, where you're at and where you're going. So, um, you know, I, I appreciate you, you know, representing, you know, Fayetteville, North Carolina, representing North Carolina A&T, you know, <laughs> and, um, hey man, and it's definitely an honor to, uh, to be able to have you on my show. You know what I'm saying? So I, I really appreciate you. And, uh, you know, is there anything else that you want to, um, anything else you want to touch on, you know, before we wrap it I up? I would just say thanks for having me. Keep doing what you're doing, you know, with all the different, you know, outlets that you have that you are getting people's attention. You know, keep it up. I'm happy to be involved uh, and a, a figure in your life for all these years as well. And I think that we have definitely fed off of each other for quite some time, and I don't see that ending anytime soon. So I am very proud of all of your success and keep it going. And uh, anything I can do to help you, you know, you don't even have to ask. I already got your back. My man. Hey, thank you for being my brother for all these years. I appreciate Boys. you. <laughs> hey, so with that being said, man, um, you know, I, I guess I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up, man. Another, you know, another edition of Generation Motivation, the podcast uh, is coming to an end. And I'd like to thank, you know, Jerome Fletcher, um, you know, for sitting in with me and, and you know, sharing his his knowledge and wisdom and, you know, being an inspiration. So, um Hey, with that being said, uh, hey, you know, Jay Money, Jay Snipes, a.k.a. the podcast of the people signing off. All right.